Shout it to the heavens, Justin. Shout it to the heavens. Doing well. I How about am. you? Hallelujah. God TV. <laughs> I think I have to say that, uh, I mean, this is going to be an exciting episode because we're going to, as we did last year, recap our predictions, uh, boldly going where few go, where we go back and review our predictions and see how accurate they were. Um, own, up, own up to our mistakes and try not to brag about our, our uh, victories, right? Certainly more of the latter than the former, I think. But yes. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, you know, we're going to get into that towards the end of the show. Um, I should also kind of just warn our uh, listeners in general that I think this year we're going to take a more subdued pace. We're going to do fewer and longer. And I know our big thing has always been a tight 20, but I think from just a lifestyle standpoint, fewer uh, fewer and longer episodes uh, suit uh, the editor a bit more. That's what's important. <laughs> it is to them, at least. Um, right. I, can, I can assure you. I got to say, Curb, one of the reasons I was fired up to do this particular episode is that I was kind of using this slow season to explore a couple of the other uh, podcasts that are out there about IndyCar. Yeah. yeah. And they're awful. <laughs> and I was just like, you know, no, no, never mind. much better than we give ourselves credit for. I'm willing to bet they have more uh, listeners and subscribers than we do. Yeah, because our marketing department is terrible. But <laughs> um, I think that the quality of what we're putting out there – at least in a, on a relative basis, is far and away better than I think anything I've heard out there. But man, I I I was literally screaming at uh, my uh, my radio when I was listening to some driving home the other day. I was like, "This is terrible! Shut up!" Let's move on to some IndyCar stuff, shall we? Why not? Uh, okay. Why not? Can you answer this for me? You know. We're getting very little out of IndyCar management these days and very little out of IndyCar in general in terms of news. Uh, what news does seem to get, uh, you know, seeping out is all these teams want to join in, right, to the party at IndyCar. There's, you know, a last count, three or four, maybe five new prospective teams, you know, right. that want to join on a, on a short, you know, uh, on a partial or, or full-time basis. And, and I know and we've gone exist, over this. There's also existing teams that want to add more cars, right? Yeah. And I know we've gone over and over this before, but they're putting more money in the leader circle as well. They're going to up the ante this year after uh, taking some away from it. I, I don't understand either of those moves. If you've got people chomping at the bit to get into the system, why up the, the ante on the leadership circle? Right. And it doesn't seem to me we need more teams. We need more fans. I, I, I don't. And I, I just don't understand. This this equating of number of teams to health of the of the series. It, can you explain that to me? Yeah, I was wondering about this myself and I was going to ask you, but I don't I'm curious for all the negativity. Uh, you know, I'm thinking of the three new teams that have been most prominently mentioned recently and um, what value proposition do they see in coming to IndyCar? Are they just racers who want to race and they hope they can find somebody to fund their 
their uh, desires or are they, you know, they all seem to be mature businesses that know what they're doing and um, at least two out of the three. And so what is what is so attractive about IndyCar to them? Is there more to IndyCar than we're giving IndyCar credit for? Uh, it's a good question. It's a good open question. I, I don't get it. I, to me, I would take that money, the additional money they're putting in leadership circle, and I would put that into hiring a marketing director. And I would get the franchise system in immediately and then restrict the access into the group. So we top it off and then have people, you know, pay more if they want to break into the series. I, it's, it seems to be a strange strategic direction. You know, I think on a certain level, the series, um, you know, wants to keep the paddock happy, right? So, I mean, they took, they took some money away from them last year to uh, supplement their marketing uh, efforts. I, I think they're not only giving that money back. Giving <laughs> we all saw the value of that. Right. right. <laughs> so, so, yeah, money is better spent giving it back to the – just like taxpayers, right? Money is better spent giving it back to the, the masses. You know, I think not only are they give, restoring the money they took away last year, they're giving them more. Is that, I think I've heard you yeah, know, a bit more. In, increase yeah. being three or $400,000 or something. So, um, you know, real money to them and their budgets. And, you know, to a certain extent, you got to keep them happy, right? Keep everybody, you know um, – Maybe they're more patient with ownership of the series if they're getting more money from the series. Um, I, I, I think that's know, the only plausible expl- explanation I can think of. You know, I mean, I think you're probably a- here, here's 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 proof of concept. We can give you more money this year. Um, now you may say proof of concept, tongue in cheek, when really meaning just give me a little more time. But uh, you know, I, I would think uh, this. The series is as healthy as the teams are healthy, and so I suppose. But the, there's no engines for any new teams, anyways. So yeah, I mean that, that's all. I mean that's all a mystery, and um, a lot of a lot of older owners have been in the series a long time. You know, how long are they going to stick around? What's going to happen when they're not around? That type of thing. Um, so it's it's good to have new blood, I think, and good to have more quality teams involved. The question is, can they all have four? three to five cars, right? I mean, yeah. Okay. All right. I think we've beaten that subject to death to the point where it became incredibly boring. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, Pagano, uh I don't think we would have spent a lot of time on this curve, but uh, it's still not 100% after that accident. Yeah, sorry to hear that. And uh, um, a little bit surprised because you know, obviously there was no obvious uh, injury or damage at the time that uh, crash occurred. So hopefully he can get back to normal just in terms of living his day-to-day life and, uh, and uh, then less significantly uh, return to racing sometime in the near future. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, he was a fabulous sports car driver and uh, I think uh, that'd be a great place for him to go if, uh, if he can uh, get up to it. Uh, Yeah. Amazing how long the, uh, the results of that injury have been. Um, Curb, uh, raised my eyebrow. Uh, t- Jack Harvey tested two days at Coin at Homestead. Yeah, but I'm I'm betting that was just a a one off. I'm not I'm not guessing that leads to anything. Uh, get Jack a little uh, commercial for himself to remind people he's still around, and and uh, just probably a mutually beneficial. Yeah, I'm I, I, I agree with you. I, I think that's the proper analysis. I, I just I still even with that, I, it's a little bit of a strange choice, it seemed like to me. Jack's probably one of the more motivated uh, people out there and 
therefore require less compensation. Maybe I don't know, but uh, just speculating. Well, uh, and but on the other hand, I think what it does tell you is that Coin is not has not settled on any two drivers to drive his cars. Um, you no, know, uh, he's ob- yeah. Yeah, D. Francesco's apparently out of the picture for this year. Um, well, at least on, his dog is. Well, unfortunately for Lucky. Um, <laughs> yeah. Even more unfortunately, apparently for the poor uh, journalist that you know, announced the news to the world. But, uh, well, I, come on, she, she look, she's milking that thing for all it's worth. It's unbelievable. She um, got, I mean, I, I don't know if this is the right term or not, but she got flamed like with, I mean, the the reaction to her uh, tweet just telling people that the dog died was pretty over the top. I thought. Yeah, I think I, look, I'm I'm not on her side on this one. I think there was no reason to re- as a, I mean, look, if you're just some guy and you saw it and I just I just saw Chip Ganassi run over Devlin D Francesco's dog, okay, I could see that. But, you know, she's not really in that position. I I just I think she it, 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 What else is Twitter for? She didn't write an AP article about it. She just mentioned it on Twitter. I know, but she's a she's a journalist. She should have known better. I, I I that's my view. I mean, it's just okay. like you're you're going to the bottom of the barrel there, and there's no point in doing any of that. And then, but like I said, she keeps you know she keeps talking about the incident on Twitter. So it's like, yeah, she's she's not she didn't like do that, get hammered and go away. She's kind of keeping everybody updated on the scenario. Like I talked to Chip and he said this. Well, at least she finally got the finally got the scoop or got the quote. I got the whatever she needed to finish the story. Yeah. Well. And anyways, I, I Dev, think she's Devlin, paid. Devlin's come out with a, uh, a very nice tweet this evening to thanking Chip for his apologies and his large donation to the Indianapolis Humane Society. So, oh, yeah, that was it's an expensive all resolved, dog. Man. What you're saying that was an expensive dog is what that was. Yeah. Well, feel sorry for old Lucky. That's true. Um, but you know. More fame than that dog was destined to get being Devlin and Dave Francesco's dog. Let's face it. It was a it was a shining star that uh, shone brightly, but just for a brief amount of time. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Other little bit of homestead uh, grievance I have, Curb, is that could you find one video of a car going around homestead and testing it on the IndyCar website? Uh, no, IndyCar does not acknowledge that this test took place. I don't think. Yeah, the first remember. time they're on track. First time they're on track for a year. Yeah, you think you'd send somebody with a video camera out there and just take a few shots? Or nah, not going to do that. But they don't need a marketing director, Curb. They don't need that. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. You watch any of the 24 Curb? 20, 24 hours of Daytona? Uh, pro- probably more than was healthy for me. Yeah. I did too. Right. Um, I watched more than I've ever watched and, you know, found myself interested. Yeah. Um, we said we're going to be more positive, so I'm not going to be, I'm not going to go on bashing here. Right. But I will say that the 24 hours of Daytona was another prime example of how other series are kind of moving on and evolving in a positive direction. Would you agree with that statement? Well, I would say I have to because they had such a good crowd and uh, and a lot of attention. I don't know specifically what you're to what you're referring, but um, yeah, it was a good event. Well, and, um, 
and crowds, I got manufacturer say, participation. Well, yeah, I mean, it's like they've proven that last year, and uh, they've just continued that. And I guess they've cleaned up their categories and uh, making it more fan friendly or fan understandable. So, yeah, I mean, it's a good event, and it's gotten better um, over the years. I feel like I feel like the twenty four hour stuff, both Lamar and Daytona had kind of reached a low point, you know, 15, 20 years ago, but they both rebounded with a vengeance and um, are, you know, are both putting on first-class shows. Yeah, Roger Penske's team won it. Um, yeah. And he was there, right? So of of he course. can't be he can't be blind to any of this, I wouldn't think. Unfortunately, it was the one uh, car that didn't finish in GTP, but uh, that Cadillac uh, for Ganassi was a beautiful-looking car. Yeah, it's a good-looking car. I, w- I wanted to see him win. They they ran into some unfortunate luck there, but uh, uh, it was it was a it was a good show. I thought they put on a good show. And uh, like I said, congratulations to Penske. It, it, the only thought that I had is like you know may, maybe Penske's better at owning racing teams than he is at running series. The series is a different animal, and I think it's taking a little longer to get his hands around it. Obviously, you know this is one of those races where they bring in the endurance drivers to to supplement the the primary team drivers and uh so for instance i think on penske's winning porsche nasser drove like nine hours and and uh campbell i think drove you know six or seven and then uh uh, newgarden and cameron each drove three plus uh, which you know so they're the extra drivers they're just there to help fill in yep whereas on i don't know if you saw a tweet where uh on Scott McLaughlin's team in LMP2, he drove over eight hours. He drove more than anybody else on the team. He drove like over eight hours, and uh, and he's just a supplemental endurance driver too. And I just thought it was curious um, that they would have a have a endurance driver in there for so much longer than their their normal uh, primary team drivers. Are you familiar with how the the ins and outs of how that kind of stuff works? Well, yes, because. Sky McLaughlin drove tin tops sports cars for years and years and years and, you know, was a multi uh, champion in uh, Australian supercars. Um, so him driving sports cars is, uh, you know, probably you could argue his primary skill, not not a secondary skill to driving Indy cars. So, you know, Indy cars is the relatively new thing to him. So in his case, you've got guys. Uh, you you got a guy that's used to driving sports cars and there's big differences, right? There's ABS brakes, there's power steering, there's all these, you know, gadgets that Indy cars don't have. And, and so driving breaking points, uh, you know, in speed during corners, all this kind of stuff are completely different. So it, it makes total sense that, you know, you wouldn't put a new garden in there from a guy who's used to driving that car all the time because, you know, he just wouldn't have the skill. He wouldn't be able to in the small amount of time they allow him to test to have the skill set. Whereas McLaughlin, uh, from his previous experience in supercars, has that. So he was probably the best driver on the team in his case. So even, um, where, even though even though you two guys are the primary drivers throughout the season, uh, this guy's better. So, um we're going to let him. Yeah, I don't know anything to... about that particular team, LMP2. But yeah, it's. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, he's sports car royalty in uh, in Australia. I mean, he was won the thing at the time. So but so anyways, yeah, I mean, maybe they felt like he was the best, strongest driver on the team. OK, well, I mean, 
I get that, but I mean, you're just blowing off your normal drivers to to take advantage of this new guy, and I guess that's that's competition. But I think uh, people want to win, you know. So you know, sometimes uh, sometimes truth hurts, and my guess is his lap times were uh, were saying, you know what, we're going to keep him in the car. What the bigger question curve that you missed, you know, you all, almost stumbled over it, but you missed is why the hell was Newgarden in that uh, team? And not McLaughlin, because he should have been the one on that team. But, <laughs> uh, you know, he, he's got he's got McLaughlin's got all the experience. Uh, he should have been on that, uh, you know, pro team. I've always found it odd that Penske never made use of their IndyCar drivers, period. You know, I mean. Well, I just told you why. I mean, that's one of the reasons they're they're not okay. you're not going to put an IndyCar driver there. And then he's not going to perform at the levels of people who drive sports cars all the time. Yeah, well, how do you explain Scott Dixon, Alex Palau? And there's plenty of IndyCar drivers in GTP cars, and plenty of them have been yeah, successful were, over the years. No, I'm not saying they don't have success, but, you know, of course, they've had a lot of experience now that they've done it all these years, too. I mean, not, not Palau, per se, but, you know, but none of those guys were in at the end either, were they, Curb? They weren't the closers. No, no, I mean, they weren't. You're right. Dixon's closed before, hadn't he? Yeah, he has. Yes. I mean, you know, these. So I don't know. I just, I'm just saying, when they need endurance drivers at events like Daytona, I've always been surprised they don't call up their IndyCar drivers versus, you know, they make Helio retire and become a sports car driver before they use him, or, or same thing with Montoya, right? So, because a lot of other teams like Ganassi, um, you know, Shank nowadays, they would use those IndyCar drivers when they need to supplement with uh, for endurance events. Again, uh, again, Curb, uh, you stumbled over one of the more interesting subjects without mm-hmm. getting into it. I apologize. Elio. <laughs> no, well, no ride this year. Well, and, no and the, the only the only conclusion I can come to is that somebody watched a video of that Laguna Seca race at the end of last year and said, <laughs> "Hell no, he's not driving my sports car this year." Well, um, yeah, it's unfortunate. I think. Uh, um, I don't know the reason why he isn't in somebody's car. You know, I, I could make the case that he's tied up with Meyer Shank now, but, you know, Blomquist is tied up with Meyer Shank, and he was right there at the end chase, trying to chase down Nasser. So um, maybe they don't want any of the leadership from uh, Meyer Shank involved in the race this year. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, Curb, last subject before we get on to what the more interesting part of this podcast will be, which will be our review of our predictions. Okay. Um you sent me a blurb about uh, TV rights, uh, the deal that's the ongoing uh, negotiations going on. Um, uh, from memory curve, CW is in there. Fox News or Fox, not Fox News. Fox was in there. Fox Sports. Um, I think they said Apple TV. Apple TV. Um, and, of course, NBC. I guess NBC. Let's just assume that's the list, Curb. Which, which, who, who are you rooting for to get the, the rights? Uh, I would say NBC. Um, I think they have the cleanest, you know, setup between network and and uh, streaming. And I think I think in the short term here, they still need to be worried about eyeballs more than dollar bills. So I'd give up a few bucks to stick with uh, the current program. But the only real negative to me about NBC is this Olympic stuff every four years and uh, really screws with their schedule. And Townsend Bell. And Townsend Bell. <laughs> yeah, but. Um, I think NBC's done a good job and, and as a 
uh, makes a great effort on their behalf. So I'd, I'd be happy to stick with them. Mm. How about uh, you? I liked uh, Apple. <laughs> okay. Uh, and I say that because uh, I believe it's an Apple movie that they're filming uh, Brad Pitt with, the F1 movie. I believe that's an Apple product. Yeah, sounds like um, it. Uh, and uh, I think that's I think uh, streams the future. And uh, and I think if if Apple could do a good job, I think NBC's uh, they've been fine. I, I don't I'm nothing against the job NBC's done, but you know they haven't moved the meter really. Um, and, uh, I'm not saying it's all their fault, mind you, but, but they, you know, the reality is they haven't really moved the meter on IndyCar racing. As I told you, I think a couple podcasts ago, ESPN would be the one I'd want, um, you know, cause they got formula one, there could be tie-ins, you know, I think that would be great. Um, but I, you know, I guess Apple gets closest there for me and, uh, you know, IndyCar's viewership is so old, but I gotta tell you. If you're listening to this now, well, you won't be listening to this now if you're one of the complainers about streaming, right? Because, you know, you don't know right. anything about that new newfangled podcasting. Um, but if you – look, here's the deal. If you're grumping about this, you know, newfangled streaming of stuff, if you're grumping about that, uh, you're old. You're really old and are probably going to die soon. So I, I think IndyCar should stop courting you. And listening to you. How's that? Yeah, I'm going to disassociate myself with that um, with that particular rant. Um, and I hope that all of our older listeners live a, a long and, and uh, satisfying life. <laughs> um, I I'm a truth teller, and I'm telling you, if you're one of those guys, uh, go look at the go look at the clock. See how much time's left. So uh, so live long and prosper, uh, all of you IndyCar fans, no matter what your age. Um, I, I just think. Apple would be too much too soon uh, for that kind of jump. And um, I saw Graham Ray Hall quoted as, uh, you know, right now he's still more worried about eyeballs on behalf of his sponsors than he is about dollar bills from uh, from a network contract. So, um, yeah, because he's not uh, getting any of them. I tend to agree with him. So you are no proponent of change curve, right? We've established this. And um, I shouldn't say that you. You're reluctant to change, right? You're, you're, you, you like tradition. You, you, you know, you're not a, you're not a big change guy. Even you would have to admit that once you start watching this stuff on streaming, it's like I don't even want to go back and watch it on the other stuff. I really don't. I watched the whole, you know, uh, everything I watched on the 24 was on Peacock. Yeah, um, but there, there you go. It's on Peacock. I mean, I, you don't. You can have the best of both worlds um, with NBC and Peacock uh, and throw USA in there, not have to um, swear off the the uh, portion of the fan base that you were maligning here a few minutes ago. Um, you can have both. And so why go to a streaming only service that um, you know, a lot of people may or may not be aware of or want to pay for um, when there's so many other options out there. Yeah, but there's a lot of people on Apple TV already, so you know they get it. Maybe you maybe you tap into a whole new cluster of people. Yeah, I wouldn't count on that. Three to five percent of the shows on Netflix get ninety percent of the you know the clicks or whatever you, can, we know, you know people watch the shows, 
And there's a whole other 95% of that network that is, you know, not watched by anybody hardly. <laughs> you know, it's just, uh, and I think IndyCar would be in danger of falling into that category um, on a streaming only service. Okay. Well, we'll see. Watch this space. Kirby, can I make a uh, musical suggestion to you? No, because I don't like change. I want to listen to my bands from the 80s and 90s. Okay, well, this okay, well this <laughs> this will suit you almost perfectly then. Okay, go ahead. All right. Um, Billy Idol, Flesh for Fantasy, the uh, but the remix by Crystal Method. Um, uh, sounds like change to me. Who's Crystal so, Method? Well, but uh, you know, it's a you know DJ esque type group. Um, but okay. fantastic, well worth listening to. <laughs> so do i have to go to like the itunes store or something to, to find this oh i knew you were going to ask that wherever you get your streaming stuff from curb you can listen to it or do you not have a streaming service no, i don't believe it <laughs> you might be one of those guys i was talking about maybe that's why you took so much offense to the comment i spent a lot of time burning all my compact discs onto my computer hard drive <laughs> so i wouldn't have to pay somebody 20 bucks a month for the rest of my life to um, listen to the music I'm, I'm, yeah I'm, I'm embarrassed for you i am okay. i am I'm, I'm 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 actually my my face is flush with embarrassment for you why why can't i just buy the song from crystal method and download it to my computer you can't i mean, you can't but, but the, the the wonderful thing about streaming is curve and and for and like i'm hoping that most of our listeners are kind of like also embarrassed for you um but it's like what it does is like okay say you like billy idol right so you listen to billy idol on your streaming service but what they do is like they throw some other songs at you maybe by bands you never heard of before or never were into at the time or you know but it's like music and all of a sudden you you discover all this additional music that's awesome that you never knew of, you know, just because you weren't exposed to it or whatever. And and like, let's face it, growing up in the era we did, I mean, uh, you know, unfortunately it was just radio stations and and kind of word of mouth. I mean, you you your exposure to music in general was pretty limited because, especially in my favorite state, <clears throat> Indiana, you know. And you know, let's face it, we weren't exposed to very much, and uh, and and so there was a whole lot of great music out there that we never heard. And you know you get re, you get introduced to this stuff through the streaming services. That's what makes it wonderful. And it doesn't you know it doesn't cost you any more money. It's uh, you don't have to go take a risk on you know downloading something you don't know. And you get to hear it, and it's fantastic. And it's really uh, there's so much music that I just never even knew existed that that you know kind of comes up randomly, and it's like wow that's pretty cool. What is that? And it's great. So that's the wonders of streaming. Okay. Um, take that under advisement. The world did not start and stop with what was on Q95's uh, rotation. <laughs> we had our MTV. What are you talking about? We saw the world. Yeah. Yeah. But see, that's, I think that's a wonderful example. That was just the beginning of exposing you to stuff, you know, but without MTV, I mean, we wouldn't even have that. So, yeah. Uh, there you go. Uh, well, I want to I want to once again disassociate myself from your latest rant here because I am a proud uh, resident of the state of Indiana and uh, yeah. I think very much more highly of it than uh, you do. And and I would point out that uh, Indiana is also the birthplace of luminaries such as uh, 
Axl Rose and Izzy Stradlin and Michael Jackson and the Jackson Five and Janet Jackson and and plenty of others. Yeah, and, and one president who lived for like a week. Hey, he's a very macho man. He, he lived for a <laughs> month because he fought off, he fought that cold uh, for a long time. But he looked very <laughs> presidential. He looked very so, presidential giving that speech without a coat on. And uh, so Indiana. <laughs> we finally get a president. He dies in a month. He's, he's remembered. He's remembered. Uh, that's Indiana nutshell right there. Anyways, I won't uh, I won't uh, belabor the point, Curb. Okay, shall we go into something uh, a little more frivolous and fun, Curb? <laughs> sure, let's do it. We made several pontifications, uh, fourteen by my count here, right? And I thought it'd be interesting to kind of bring up the subject, uh, play the clip which I've spent time, you know, altering the sound so it, you can detect what was said back then uh, versus now. And this is basically a year ago-ish uh, when we did this. And uh, let's see how we did, shall we? Shall we uh, just do that? Let's do it. Okay. Curb, um, Curb the first thing we uh, pontificated on uh, was – what Andretti competitiveness was going to be in 2023. And you said this. I think the biggest question mark in the paddock. Um, and they, you know, not only have they been inconsistent the last few years, they really don't have an experienced uh, driver with a history of success, uh, you know, the championship. They have no 8,500 winners on the team. Um to certainly be their team leader, but has slid backward each of the last two years in the standings. So, um, you know, not only does the team have question marks, but I think the, the, the driver lineup has question marks too. All right, Curb, that's what you said. I would say, let me, what was the top Andretti finisher? It was Colton Herta in 10th, right? 10th, that's right. I guess you would say, Curb, you were, you were dead on. But the biggest question in the paddock uh, and uh, kind of predicting that uh, – Herta was not going to be there, and uh, you'd have to say that they would have to be somewhat disgruntled with, I mean, to only have only one in the top 10, and he was actually 10th. That's got to be disappointing for the team. I think so. If you uh, take the four drivers uh, in 2022, their average place in the championship was 13.5. Uh, 2023, it actually slipped a little bit to 14.0. So I think they maintained their level of mediocrity last year, and um to hear some tell it, that's why they're down to three cars this year. Um, I don't know if I believe that's entirely the reason, but uh, I'm sure they're going to run with it now. And yeah, I think we were spot on last year in terms of our assessment of Andretti. Kerba, one of the other things we talked about um, was uh, our good friend Elio and what fortunes uh, the 2023 might bring for him. Um, let's check in with us on that one. I also hope just quietly that this is Elio's last season. Yeah, I think he'll be uh, 500 only in 24, maybe 25. It's looking that way, isn't it? But, uh, if he can have another great day at Indy, then maybe he buys himself another season. But I don't know. I, I don't know they really got to be uh, contesting the whole season anymore after the season. Tom Blumquist deserves that seat and should take it. Blumquist would probably. So, again, uh, we'll have to pat ourselves on the back here dead on. Uh, we said uh, – he was definitely going to lose the seat, and uh, I pontificated that uh, Blomquist should get it, and uh, both of those things have occurred. You were, you nailed it. You nailed that one. 
Yeah. Um, I think he's a very good driver. I don't think that this coming year will be his year, but uh, give him one year in IndyCar, I think he could be something. I really do. Well, I think he'll he'll go as far as the team takes him, I think. Okay. Uh, Curb, the next thing uh, you brought up, or not the next thing, but the, something you brought up was uh, the uh, the coin uh, futures uh, in 2023, and we kind of veered into Foyt at the end of this. Let's uh, listen into that. How excited do you think Dale Coyne is heading into the season? After, you know, going after it with the likes of Sebastian Bourdais, even uh, Takuma Sato, certainly, um, I think, exciting for him in terms of his Indy 500 prospects. And uh, this year, it's Stingray Rob. <laughs> yeah, well, and the Lucas, right? But still. And they lost yeah. people, right? Didn't they lose people and engineers and stuff? And so did Foyt, by the way. They lost so many people. It's like, yeah, you got no prospects this year. All right, Curb. Um, how do you think uh, Dale Coyne felt about last year? I think we're on a roll here. I think we're three for three so far. <laughs> <laughs> Killing it. I mean, I mean, wasn't wasn't Rob? Well, no, I think uh, Peterson was Peterson and Rob the lowest standing. Um, uh, it's you know, it Peterson. Like Peterson, Peterson. Peterson was, but so second to last among the full time drivers, and um, and uh, somehow. Somehow he came out of it with more money for this year, but uh, it won't be going to Dell Coin. He seemed uh, not too happy with the team's effort either. So, Kerb, I won't. Uh, uh, next up, um, I think I uh, I made a, a telling comment uh, about uh, Alex Plo, and I said the following: Palau's name keeps coming out at me as a guy that could run away with this thing this year. I was so impressed by what he did in Laguna Seca at the end of the year. It yeah, so Curb, uh, you know, I'm not gonna again. I, you know, I didn't pick him to win for the season, so spoil, uh, spoiler alert. But, um, but I mean, it was certainly evident that there was some prospects there for him to do that. So four for four. Four for four. Curb uh, number five. You know, we uh, speculated on who uh, could pop into the top ten in 2023, and who was looking good for rookie of the year. But that's where I think that that young generation comes in. One of those guys might poke in there, you know, might yeah. be a loon, might be like a loon guard. It's almost like the top tens, at least at this very very early point in the season, looks locked out. That leaves that leaves out the Romain Grosjeans, you know, leaves out Ray Hall, leaves out loon guard, leaves out Pagano, Renus VK. There's a lot of people that kind of have names but have more. Uh, more reputation and accomplishment so far and, and struggle to break the top 10 in this series. But I still think Armstrong has a strong chance to be rookie of the year, even without rushing the, the ovals. So. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Curb, why aren't people paying us more money? Well, I don't know because uh, we're just spot on. One accurate. We called uh, the one guy who broke into the top 10, right? You named all the other guys who weren't. It is extraordinary. I think we started out with the opinion that Nancy uh, Ganassi and Aaron McLaren would pretty much lock out the top ten from all the other teams, and uh, those three those three squads uh, claimed eight of the top ten. Um, you know, we talked about Herta sneaking in there in tenth, and um, then your guy Lungard uh, gets in there at eighth, and you picked out the one interloper and uh, or one of the two interlopers, and uh, I, I'd have to call that a success on our part. It's extraordinary. And you picked uh, the rookie of the year to boot. I think we ought to send this tape to, to Penske Entertainment when we get done. 
or to uh, guys who make odds. Um, there yeah. you go. Okay, so maybe we got the best stuff up first because now we're going to get into some very specific picks. Herb. Um, All right. So the first first was your 500 pick, uh, the 500 winner pick, and you said this. I'm going with Alex Palau for the Indy 500. Wow. Um, I think there's no there's no reason to think that uh, Ganassi shouldn't be strong again this year. Outside of Ganassi, I'm throwing in Scotty Young. I think he'll be primed and ready to go. I've got to assume maybe uh, wishful thinking, but I got to assume that Penske gets her qualifying right and uh, gets themselves in a position to compete this year. So Curb, uh, wrong on your pick with Palau, and you put your second choice with Scotty M. Uh, you did prognosticate that Penske would be in it this year, but uh, not quite accurate. Excuse me. He did qualify on pole, finished fourth, and um, really, really came from a long way back at the halfway point of the race to to be in contention. So yeah, I don't feel badly about it, but I I don't feel badly about it. But obviously, I can't claim can't claim victory on that one. Well, then it was my turn, and I said this: Scott Dixon's. I mean, he's got to uncork one of these. He's, I just feel like he's got to do it. Uh, I said Scott Dixon, Curb. And uh, Dixon finished a. An invisible uh, sixth place, I think, in that race, so, in my, according to my notes. Uh, um, I, 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 it didn't make your uh, your uh, voice clip there, but or sound clip there, but uh, I want to point out that you also mocked Marcus Erickson in that discussion, who <laughs> finished a very fighting uh, second place there. So, mm, well, so I'm going to bury you there a little bit more. But uh, horseshoes and hand grenades, curve horseshoes and right. hand grenades. That's right. Okay. Um, Curb, then we uh, addressed the championship, uh, and you said this. I think it's a new garden, Alex Palau dogfight from beginning to end. Was it a new garden, Alex Palau dogfight from beginning to end? Uh, I mean, I kind of say that's accurate, even though, you know, new garden ended up fifth or whatever, but he did win a lot of races and. He did seem to be a content, you know, like one of the main contenders throughout. So I don't think you're completely inaccurate there. And you and you did pick the winner. Uh, you're right. Newgarden won the second most races on the season. Um, led the most laps on the season. Ran into some inconsistent inconsistency issues. But yeah, I think those were the two the two most notable drivers I would say for the for the 2023 season. Okay, then it was my turn, and I said this. I'm gonna take Scotty M. If you can believe that. Um, my also rans, uh, I'm going to agree with you in New Garden. I don't, I, I got I got some trepidation about New Garden. I can see a scenario relatively early in the season where things just start getting in his head. Okay, so I, I got it wrong as well. I picked Scotty M, who ended up in third. But I, I think I did predict uh, New Garden's state of mind. And I'm going to go uh, on this show and, and just... After watching him on the timing stand, the last, you know, the the remaining laps at Daytona, um, I think he's going to have the same problem. He's going to be holding on too tight. First of all, um, you know, McLaughlin wasn't a horrible pick, like you said, ended up third and um, had a very, very good season. Okay, Curb, uh, here's some rapid fire ones. You you um, threw a series of questions at me, um, just who would place better in the championship uh at the end of the year so these are all pretty rapid fire your first uh question to me was kirkwood or grosjean and i said uh, i'm gonna take kirkwood i said kirkwood you got and that one and i yeah. turned 
It turned out to be correct. Uh, Kirkwood 11th, Grosjean 13th. Okay, your next one was Ray Hall or Lungard. Lungard. One word, Lungard, and correct. Two for two. Two for two. This one's going to be a hard one to answer. Um, You asked if a daily would be in the leader circle, and I said yes. All right, that means he's got to displace Helio or Santino or BK or Isla. I said yes. He got fired mid-season, Curb. How do we how do we place that? Well, look, the entry the entry made it um, with help from Ryan Hunter Ray uh, filling in for him the rest of the season. Uh, not that I think if you get fired mid-season, it's hard to say that you accomplished <laughs> that you made that goal. Uh, agreed. I'm, I'm not going to argue with you on that. Uh, your next question was, would Santino make the leader circle? And I said, yes. I'm with you there. You, I said yes, and you agreed with me, Curb. And I think we both, uh, not by very much, but we cleared that hurdle, and uh, and uh, Santino did make the leader circle. So three for four on that lightning round. The, the best is for last, Curb, in my opinion. Okay. Because of all of our, and I think you know, you gotta look back at the what we just went through and said we did pretty damn good, right? Setting a so. real high standard for our next season opener prediction show, but <laughs> right. I think we got time to do that. Here I'm gonna wrap up the show with this curb because I've got to cook dinner. Um, but you made a, a prediction which I, I think I've, you know, well I'll, I'll tell you, you can hear in the in, in this, you know, what I thought of the prediction. Or the possibility, and this is just stupefying considering when it was done. So, um, you know, here it is. Oh, I have one other question. It is commonly thought or assumed that Alex Colau will go to Aaron McLaren at the end of the year, but it's not a done deal, right? What do you think yeah. of the odds? What do you think of the odds are that Colau tears it up? He and Newgarden have the epic season I'm predicting, and um, he ends up staying at Ganassi for a King's Ransom. One percent. One percent. Yes. I'm going to give it fair odds. Herb, a drop the mic moment for you. Yeah, maybe I should uh, skip the 2024 prediction episode because uh, I don't think we can do much better than that. But, uh, Nobody saw that coming, Curb. No one. Um, and you called it. He he reneged on his uh, deal with McLaren, stayed with Ganassi. Uh, I think your, your reasoning behind it was actually quite close. Um, I think he saw the, the Formula One chances fading and or almost non-existent and so he stayed with the team where he thought he'd do better in indycar and so um i think you nailed it on all fronts there i you know as you heard i didn't think much of the idea like i said i don't think i didn't hear anybody saying that at the time ever hats off to you curb what a fantastic uh, call there blind squirrel gets uh, the acorn every now and then right well, I think it's more than that. You can't uh, you can't take all those predictions and call it a blind squirrel curve. So I think you're uh, you're as you are being your usual understated self, and uh, and it's not false modesty like we see elsewhere <clears throat> in the IndyCar uh, reporting community. So um, <laughs> did, again, did you, well, thank you, <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah. Did you did you notice by the way that, that Lando Norris got an extension in the last few days? I did. So I did more, more proof that uh, uh, Alex Pillow was seeing things uh, clearly. Well done, Curb. Uh, you know, I think this was an interesting episode. Maybe other people don't, but 
I think what it does tell you is uh, stay tuned for our next uh, preseason prediction because there's going to be some gems in there. If you want to know what's really going to happen, give us a give us a listen. X at Hero IndyCar, H-I-R-O, at Hero IndyCar. Hashive, our sponsor, probably will be for the bounce of the year. Alpha version is out, which means you can't get it yet, Curb. Right. Um, but uh, beta version coming soon. And uh, then the final version uh, not too far after that. So um, well, stay tuned. All right, Curb, let's wrap it up there. All right, everybody. Thanks for uh, listening and look forward to talking to you again soon. <laughs>